Welcome to the Ceramic Podcast. Did we decide on the ceramic? Or do we need to talk about that for a second? I guess I feel like we can keep the S and mm-hmm. or lose the S. And I yeah. think we'll, it'll be the same for me. Uh, it'll feel the same. Would you mind if I changed it up just as we go along? Like, just like keep just, changing the name? Yeah, just in, like, we can, we'll keep the logo the same. But then subscribers will be, subscribers will be like... Wait, I thought I was listening to the Ceramics <laughs> podcast. And now it's the Clay podcast. Yeah. And then it'll just be the cast. Yeah, because that'll be the, the c- moment of silence as you're centering the ball of clay. And oh, you take a deep breath. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you just went like full on nerd. I know. Well, I'm actually I'm feeling pretty good today. You are? Well, yeah. I went for a run this morning. Huh, uh-huh. That explains why you're in such a good mood. <laughs> and kind of greasy a little bit. And wow. Then, yeah. I didn't expect that. I really did. I thought you were going to be like, well, you know, I had a couple drinks last night and uh, and then just I had and this. then I had eight more. <laughs> I'm turning That's... over a new leaf, Cammy. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll, we'll see. S- we'll see. I'm turning over the other leaf, uh-huh. the other way, where I drink as much as I possibly can. And then... it's a good way to go to sleep for sure. I really have been dying to talk to you about this decal printer. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, we forgot something. Um, we forgot to explain what a what a decal is, just in case people don't know what it, what a decal is. So we had to take a break from our lunch party to just explain it because we remembered in the middle of the party. We're like we're literally at the launch party right now. I mean, there's like at least six or maybe even seven people out there waiting for us. Absolutely. So a decal. Oh whoa! What is it? So <laughs> our, oh, oh. our decal is it's like a. You know, it's like printed it's pigment. Our our decals are uh, are digitally printed. Yeah. But you know about how to make trying to paint decals. Yeah. Okay. But a decal is a piece of film that goes on a piece of clay. It slides off a piece of paper and goes on a piece of clay and becomes an image. The image can be anything: a photograph, a drawing, a as as if you can get it into the computer. But even, yeah, so it can be done on the computer. It can be done screen printing. There's probably other weird ways to do it. It can be applied. Mm, I think that's it. With, <laughs> it can be applied with, uh, it can be underglaze. It can be oxide. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or it can be applied on glaze, which the decals that we end up talking about are on glaze decals. Okay, now we, you see what you said a word. What? Tell them what an on glaze is. So there's on glaze, in glaze, and I don't, underglaze? Sure. So underglaze goes on first. On glaze is like a sticker on top of the surface of the glaze. And an in glaze decal, which our enduring images printer also has the option to do, fires smooth with the surface. So on glaze is like a sticker, oh. in glaze is flush with the surface. You know what? This explains why my piece looks so bad. On glaze? I'm sorry, <laughs> I served you wrong, Cammy. Okay. Hey, we'll get so through it. So let's recap. What is a decal, Cami? It is a piece of water slide film that you can print an image on that fires on your piece. What are our decals like? That Crappy. were specifically... <laughs> Wait, no, that's not what you're asking. <laughs> our decals are digital prints. 
Oh yeah, our decals come out of a Rico printer, and the the ink that's being used is some sort of glaze underglaze situation. Yeah. So we don't know what it proprietary is. Proprietary magic. Magic container. And if you use it right, you can make beautiful works. And if you use it wrong, it'll look like garbage. Exactly. Okay. Okay. We gotta get back to our party. Okay, thanks guys. Thank you. What what's the name? What's the name of it? Is it like uh, the decal two thousand? Yeah, it's the decaler two thousand and one. Um, <laughs> no, it's a it's a Rico printer, which is like one of those big, you sure. know, like Epson massive brands. And then it's remade or it's like reconfigured by this company Enduring Images. Okay. It's based in Denver. And they like take this printer and like rework it and then fill it with ceramic pigment okay so that you can print um either like on glaze or in glaze ceramic decals okay um and it's yeah it's it's a it's pretty cool um it's a pretty finicky machine we have to keep it at a specific humidity level or it will gum up and we have to um there's like it has a pretty wide range of colors that it can print. Like it can print a pretty true black um, and it can print like a fire engine red, but you buy different color packages for what you think you might be printing. So we can't print like a lime green, which is kind of a bummer. Do you remember I printed some decals for you a while ago and I told you that green would be off? Yeah. It Um, comes out, it came out like- Split pea soup. Yes, exactly. Actually the color of your socks. Yeah, the top half of the socks, yeah. which is a different color from the bottom half of the socks. So I think that the, so we both are in a plate show that's to, that's in San Diego right now, and yeah. we put both, on by Adams Purrier. Yeah, and we both his collective poem. The F's are silent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And we both use the printer to make our plates. Yeah, and. I feel like yours was a huge success, and I feel like mine was like a kind of a failure. But what did you send? Uh, a image of Gilda Radner with her head in the galaxy. Yes. So I think the good thing about the printer uh-huh. is that you know, if let's just say you were going to be at a plate show and you knew about it for like a couple months, and then. The day before, you were like, man, I got to get that plate done. Yeah. The decal printer is amazing. Wait, so... For me to put an image on. Really quick, you knew about the plate show for a couple months? Yeah. Okay. Wait. I was invited after and too many people didn't send a plate, so Adams gave me about a week and a half. Maybe he gave me two weeks. Come on. I'm serious. No, he gave you longer than that. And that's why I went with decal. But the leg up that I had is I've been I've been using it. Yeah. So oh, yeah. So you knew. Yeah. What to do. Yeah. So my images, like they, I mean they they look good, but I feel like had I just they didn't look as good as if I would have screen screen printed. Yeah. I, like which would have been the number one way to go. They just look a little dull and fuzzy. Yeah. Not even not. Not fuzzy, but like dull, not yeah. sharp as yeah. China paints would be well, sharp. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, so screen printing China paint, like, I don't know anything about that, so that's it's not an option for me. 
honestly, it shouldn't really be an option for the world. It's so gnarly. Yeah. Um, I did some China paint silk screening in my studio. I mean, the the smell of the medium. Is it just like an oil medium that you're using? Yeah, it's like as soon as you open the jar. In fact, once you open the jar and even shut the jar, like you still smell it forever. Yeah, it's like, is it like luster where like three days later you're like, what the what is that smell? You're like, what did I do two, three days ago? You like don't yeah. even know your name anymore. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I like lost. You know, the the brain cells are just fly, floating away. Yeah. But the image looks fantastic. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. The so the the decal printer we've had it set up and running at Brooklyn Clay now for like maybe about a year and it doesn't get used that often but um, it's something that I end up like overseeing so I get to see it I get to see like what people print with it and how it looks and then I've been making some work with it and there's a piece in my studio that's just I like really ruined it with a decal when I was just sort of like trying to figure out how to use them Uh. Um, and then I made a series of cups for a cup show that I'm in where I use the decal printer for almost all of it and I was using like old images that I had painted and things like that yeah, but your imagery is like ethereal. Yeah. So it's like so the decal doesn't need to be. Yeah. Know. So that was one of the yeah that was one of the things that I started doing was like using glazes that weren't great for the decal as far as making like a perfectly crisp image. Right. They sort of mess with the surface a little bit and things bleed into it a little bit. Exactly. So it removes it from looking like a sticker, which the only way I got there was just being around it, but. Um, that's like I think one of the great things about uh, you know this technology being like more available is that you get to go through this stuff because back when I was an undergrad I remember I wanted to get color decals printed we had those sepia tone ones that you could print with like an yes. old laser jet or something yeah those were great except I mean everybody was using them at one time and then everyone's work looked like yeah exactly that and then everybody stopped using them yeah, yeah. I mean yes I will of course probably start using them Hey, right? Why do, yeah. yeah, good, because I still have some in yeah. the studio. I'll um, get them out. But yeah, when I was in undergrad, I at some point I wanted to order custom color decals, and they were like $15 a sheet or something. So there was no, like you had to know what you were getting. And you yeah. like there was no messing around for you know an undergraduate student. And I hope that as this stuff just becomes more available, like I think the same things with the 3D printer, like, when that is just a, another tool in the studio and you can use it to do whatever specific thing you need to do with it. Right. Instead of it being a gimmick. Because I think, you know, decals really went through that where people were like yeah. making these super gimmicky decals and it was just like all about the fact that they could print a decal and slap it on a thing. With no work. Yeah. I mean, it's between, I mean, if the other choice is hand painting, the or silk screening it somehow. Yeah. Silk screening your own decal. Yeah. I, either of those are terrible. Yeah. The week I did screen those um, decals, it really took a lot of like, uh, I, I didn't even know where to throw the rags out, whether they weren't going to yeah. combust. Yeah. Just one you nightmare just after another. Take them to the subway and just throw <laughs> them on the tracks. <laughs> Not uh, um, oh, um, there was a, an influx <laughs> of know. track fires that week. Yeah, no, it's awful. <laughs> Um, wow it just like happens to be the same that's where i always take my mattresses when i need to get rid of you like i love that you like lug them (laughs) 
down to the subway. Away. You're like, well, this is a great. Yeah, it's about a 20 minute walk for me to the subway station <laughs> with without the, the mattress. So with it's like a rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that I guess that leads us into our guest for today. Yeah, Adams per year. Yeah. Um, so Adams is a he's a Brooklyn-based artist. He is very active. It seems like we've known him for. I only met him like a year and a half ago or something. I've met him less than that, and it feels yeah. like I've known him forever. Right, yeah. He's he that really, great. yeah. We bonded um, sort of at the same time uh, that we were figuring out that we want to do a ceramics podcast. I think that was like the big moment. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Adams is very much like a, a straight shooter. He, he tells it like he is. So when we asked him if he wanted to be on the podcast, he said, uh, be a reoccurring thing on the podcast. He just said no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's exactly true. And uh, yeah, so it'll be great to talk to him today and talk about what he's working on. He has curated this plate show that's in San Diego. Right, exactly. Along with another friend of ours, Deanie Dixon, um, who's like a big member of his... Cooperative. Cooperative. <laughs> and here he is. He says something that I don't understand. I'm gonna call it an anthology. Is that a real thing? Does that no. mean? Pretend something with a ology in it, right? Um, I don't even. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Welcome to the ceramics podcast. I don't even know. That's, whatever you're talking about isn't even about ceramics. Ceramicology? How's that? <laughs> Welcome to the ceramics podcast. A podcast about ceramicology <laughs> in the modern world. That's We're here <laughs> by Gus and Cammy. Uh huh. Thanks. Um, uh, it's Gustav on the podcast. Oh, Gustav. But you yeah. can call him Gus because that's what ev- literally everyone calls him. Yeah. Gus. But have he, you guys not met all the people that call me Gustav? No, we've never met one person <laughs> that calls you Gustav. The light above the door calls me Gustav. So today we have Adams Purrier with Does... us. Adams, how did you get the S on your name? Um. I'm named after a town in outside of Nashville, Tennessee, where my dad's mom grew up, called Adams, Tennessee. Adams. Oh. Huh. Yeah, it's cool, but everyone thinks it's just like John Quincy Adams or something. So yeah. It gets kind of, or a typo. Would you ever get it? <laughs> a lot of people think it's a typo. <laughs> like you're sad, like right? a lifelong or typo. Or they think it's my last name, and they like uh, got this weird email chain that people were calling me Purrier. Yeah. So do you mind if we call you Purrier going forward? Yeah, sound like a jerk though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we're really, really happy that you're here, and um, we have a bunch of questions for you. Um, Actually, that that your name has actually been a pressing question. Like I've been really wanting to know for a really long time. Should have asked sooner. (laughs) I know, but I think that's like when I first met you. One of the nice things about doing the podcast is there. Like, there's a lot of questions that are going to come up that I've just been wanting to ask for a long (laughs) time. No, right. Yeah. It's for sure. Tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, <clears throat> I'm from Massachusetts, and I went to college for sculpture at the Massachusetts College of Art and graduated. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, I got my BFA. <laughs> um, and then right after, or within a year after that, I moved to New York to do an internship that turned into like a 
whatever that studio technician program is called now at Greenwich House Pottery. So I was there as like kind of, I was anchored there for about four years. Whoa. Or three and a half probably. When was that? That was in 2006 probably started okay. and finished at like early, late 2008 probably okay. or 2009. I, don't know. I kind of was like a hanger on for a couple of months. Like I, I was invited to be a hanger on, which was kind of funny. Um, and then I went to ago. then I went to grad school in Indiana University in Bloomington, which was great because they promised and delivered a lot of space and no loans or or no debt. God, what's and, that like? And it's nice. And I got there. <laughs> Shit. Fun too. Shit! It's always me, fucking Cranbrook, <laughs> sitting in the back like I got the loans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I was there for three years. I moved back. New York soon after and jumped for a couple jobs and then wound up meeting all you guys at Brooklyn Clay. Well, yeah. How did you get the job at Brooklyn Clay? Uh, through Derek Weisberg. Oh, whoa. Did, did I, was just, I, was, I was just looking for like teaching jobs. I knew Derek had like seven or something. So yeah. I asked him and it was just like the day after Jen had sent an email looking for people. Oh, wow. oh so you didn't know so, Jen before? No. Oh, I was assuming. She knew, that. I guess her and maybe Laura or her had come for the first Brooklyn Clay tour that yeah. we had the plate party up for. Yeah, they, I know that the they loved cake, that. Whatever. And the whatever one had the vending machine. Both of them. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, that story, I feel like, is so perfect Adams Purrier. Like, he just, things just happen for Adams Purrier. Yeah. Like, you've never worked for anything. Things just happen to you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like that? No, but it does. But then every time I talk to Adams, he's like, oh, yeah, I got to get this application and it's due in three days. And then after that, I've got this application for this thing. And also, I'm doing a residency in New Jersey right now. Yeah. Um, and... Like, yeah. I don't know anybody else that... I work for it. Yeah. Do, you even like, do you even like clay? Like, you're so no. busy doing all, like... You're like, no, I hate it. I really into printmaking now. It's my new thing. You're just really into then, applying to things. Check it out. There's <laughs> like two years, applier. he's going to be like, I just got a residency at the Printmaking Institute of <laughs> Nepal places everywhere. I'm traveling the world printmaking. And we're going to be like, yeah. oh, they're yeah, paying, that makes They're sense. paying for me to travel the world. Sponsored by <laughs> Nepal Institute. <laughs> Why would I say Nepal? Anyway, um, so you do a lot of projects. Like how how do you do it? Like how you you curate shows. You are in a million shows. You teach a million classes. You're always making work. Like how do you organize your life? I actually had like a kind of a quiet year last year, and I realized that this current year would be another quiet year if I didn't get my shit together so I applied to a, a bunch of things as people do and got into like 10% of them oh, wow. which like, I think it's kind of how it goes yeah because um, right now you've got um, like an Ensika show happening a plate show in well it's funny because like it's really like awesome busy right now but after that it's like there's nothing else coming okay. <laughs> so everything oh. I applied to just happened to be all within two months of each other nice. or the same and then time. crickets yeah which actually I'm looking forward to yeah um, do you do you get to make like with all your time like do you get to make a bunch of work yeah like I, how well, much I time try. do you have I mean it's 
how I think everything goes now is like so much time is spent just like emailing back and forth and organizing and uh, writing applications and stuff. So that's actually a pretty significant amount of time, just logistics, I guess. But I try to, you know, as I think all artists do, try to spend as much time as humanly possible in the studio, having productive time rather than just hanging out stupid time. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of what I did today. Me too. (laughs) And you also, I mean, you don't, I mean, no offense, Gus, but you don't work for the man. So so tell us, like, how did you get to this place? Like, what did you have to do to get to this place that you're at? Wait, who's the man? Well. As far as Clay Studios go, I work for the man, I think. The woman. I have a, I work for <laughs> well, you don't have the a nine woman. To, you don't have like a nine to five job. Yeah, I go to the same place every day. I mean, I do like, like how I met all you guys, like adjunct teaching or like teaching. And then I have like an adjunct class in Long Island. And I don't know, just having all these opportunities, I was just like, I'd rather work less and be poor and have more time. That's really important to me than work a lot and be a little more comfortable, but not be, not take advantage of like the short amount of resources I have. Like this residency is only three months and it's already like a month into it. And I felt like, I don't know, felt like it's gone by really quick and I've done kind of not that much. Well. As it goes. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. yeah. And that happens with everything. You're just like, oh shit, it's over, and now I have yeah. it's it's over, and now I know what I want to do. Yeah, and you're totally. Like, oh crap. Um, when you, I mean, that's kind of like on your on all your cops and stuff. You always are writing, never work. That sounds as just like your. Yeah, words to live by. Never work. I yeah. like that the first set of cups that we got at the studio was a whole set of never work cups yeah. that all the employees used. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. it was a good motivator. It yeah. Was yeah. <laughs> like just about to go teach my class, like looking at it like, oh, hmm. oh. <laughs> do I go? Do I like I really was like, do I go to class? Jump ship now. I yeah. was like, just run, walk out the door. Run. And I was like, oh. no, I'll stay. Well I thought it was funny because like everyone works so hard there. So Yeah. I don't know. I kinda thought it was like a good reminder to like you know, life is important too. Yeah, Although relax a little bit. It's nice to work hard sometimes. Yeah, yeah, because you do seem to have like, like I'll see you at the studio because you have your own studio, but then you also make a lot of stuff out of Brooklyn clay, and so I'll see you there at like odd hours. Yeah, like Avoiding early mornings and late so nights. Nice. That's yeah. the only time to work. Yeah, but then what do you do? Do you? like actually work with clay in your studio or is your studio mostly like the rest of the process the rest of like the after clay stuff like it's a lot of like epoxy or resins or whatever paint yeah and a lot of gluing, making gluing stuff together basically glue and, and sludge. seeing how speakers fit into things <laughs> <laughs> and, you know doing all all like the kind of i don't know yeah. after stuff um I tried to work on clay, in clay, in my studio, and it kind of worked. I could fire it where I was adjunct teaching, and it was kind of cool, but in the end, it, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's really worth it. Yeah. To move pieces around? Yeah, just driving pieces an hour and a half. Yeah. It's stressful. I think people don't really understand, because your pieces are pretty big, too. So, you know, pe- you, like, explain... Just kind of like for fun, just explain exactly what being a ceramicist in New York 
that doesn't have a kiln means. So it's really hard, right? Yeah. For me, it's like what Gus was saying, going to studios I have access to, um, trying to navigate the lot of people who are especially in that studio. And luckily, I'm, I've always been an early riser, so I can get in there kind of early and get a good like chunk of time, like a three or four hours worth of work in before it gets too crowded and distracting. Like I always put it, it's just kind of distracting. Like, yeah, I feel I'm, I'm pretty like introspective, but I like chatting with people like we all do. And it's a nice environment. So just kind of like it can get out of hand sometimes. So yeah. it's nice when no one's really there. Just a couple people are there. So it just helps me focus. Um, and so it's a lot of that, like what we were just talking about. It's either like working in a studio, moving stuff and hoping it doesn't break or ensuring it doesn't break or get cracked or bumped or whatever in transport or working in studios around um, other schedules, I guess. Right. Other more like uh, important schedules, necessary schedules. I don't know. I mean, I was working, I found myself at one point, I was working at 92Y at Brooklyn Clay and at my own studio. And I was like, okay, I think I got to go up. I got to like travel an hour to go finish three pieces at the 92Y and then come on down to Brooklyn Clay to finish a piece down there and then take it back to my studio, figure out what to do and then bring it back and glaze it at Brooklyn Clay. I mean, I used to have a, I used to carry my like tool, my ceramic toolkit, like basic kit (laughs) in my backpack at all times because I, yeah, I was in the same, I was at Sculpture Space, (laughs) the Y and then Chris Wollstone's studio. And so I just always have it on hand in case I had to like coil build something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just leave the same kind of basic tool packs everywhere. Nice. <laughs> Are you and all those basic tools? You know, there's everywhere. There's yeah. many of them everywhere all the time. Are you just at Brooklyn Clay and the school that you're adjuncting at now? Sports yeah, right us? now. Yeah. Um, my class got su- switched around and it didn't work so well at uh, Art Shack where I was teaching. That's yeah. a studio. Um, I'm going to go back there, but just taking it off now. Yeah. And that's cool. And that residency is eating up a lot of time. Do you do you consider yourself a ceramicist? I like called you a ceramicist, and I was like, maybe he doesn't. Maybe that's not what he is. I don't know. I fought it for a really long time. Even when I was going for like a ceramic MFA, I was like, <laughs> no. But I think I just kind of faced facts, and I I think this last year I like kind of just embraced it. Like, yeah, that's me. That's what I enjoy doing most. I like using other stuff, too, but it's always ceramics has always been the anchor point ever since, I guess, I went to after college. To Greenwich House. Yeah. Had you always made, because you, like, do your never work cups, which we have at the studio, but then I have that really nice black cup here. Had you always made, like, functional stuff, too? Yeah. I I got into clay kind of late compared to a lot of people I know. And I took like a wheel class my junior year of college. Did you like really find yourself when you found it? Really, it was I, the teacher there, Ben Ryder Ben, who's still at MassArt, yeah. was really just super encouraging and enthusiastic, yeah. and like the way that all those good teachers are. Yeah. Um, so it really kind of just propelled me, and I agreed with a lot of kind of the sensibilities of ceramics and working in clay. Yeah. And it was a nice break because I've been working like wood, which is really linear and metal which is the same slightly different so it's nice just to be able to like mush things around and get this really abstract kind of more organic form yeah 
Did you feel like an outsider because you uh, wore Keens instead of Birkenstocks? That is an excellent question, Gus. Thank you so much for asking that. I was really hoping that that would come up. Um, and why did big, you wear Keens? It was another question. Really good shoes. They're really good shoes. Really I know. I know. Yeah, they last a long time. They don't yeah, wear don't out know. very quickly. Yeah. Plus, um, you could kick some stuff with those, too. It's I can really good. kick people. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, no, it wasn't a big Birkenstock crowd in Mass Art. It was like, okay. you know, the Northeast, so a bunch of mass holes. Yeah. Like, the most of the hippies are more like Western mass. Okay. Oh, right. Like, yeah. So, yeah. this was like urban. So, yeah. there were some Birkenstock people there for sure. But yeah. it was mostly like work boots and Carhartt type. Yeah. Actually, you went... I mean, I was in the sculpture crowd, too, which is... Because you went to art school, and art school, and you went to state school, and I I went to to state state school. school, I went to state school, yeah. I mean, state schools and art art schools are so different, right? Yeah, art school is awesome. Oh, wait, Mass Art is a state art school? Yeah. But it is like an art school. Art, total art school. Yeah. Now it's like, I think they're pushing design now. Okay. But yeah. I mean, everybody is. But no, it's great, because I went from like being one of the small handful of kind of weird kids in high school to like not being even close to like the weird kids in art school yeah art school kids are the best and the worst yeah they're yeah. so, so crazy. it was pretty awesome yeah yeah i remember i went to just like see kansas city art institute the year after i graduated and it was like a total like there was a basketball court and the kids were doing like like shooting like a video piece on it like no but it was just like they don't know how to use it <laughs> yeah yeah like i went to a big state school that had like yeah me football too. you went to a i went to a big state school too. like a real state school mm, yeah kent state was but it wasn't that big it was only like twenty five thousand okay. people okay but i mean it was football like that's all anyone cared about yeah. but i lived in the art dorm so yeah. everyone in the art dorm was like dressing up in drag every day i mean you know just for fun you know it was like yeah. it was like a costumes for fun the guys it wasn't lived. like they were like it wasn't drag queens it was just costumes for fun i have to cut, cut this out because it's gonna get weird it's <laughs> <laughs> the guys that lived down the hall from me would get up in the morning and go fly fishing in the river before classes oh, i can't that's so see cool. yeah but our but art school kids are like born they're just like it's like a one-upsmanship of who's weirder yeah yeah, there are even some like great outsiders in art school. Just like they're just too too far. Yeah, yeah those are like. <laughs> and you're like, whoa! Oh, they have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> they're too weird. Yeah, they're they're like, those are the best kids. Yeah, totally. There's different types of too weirds. There's like the loner outsider too weird. Like you're like, ooh, it's like a little, like, scary. A little dangerous. Yeah, yeah. But then there's just like. Like a music, like wacky music guy, too weird. That he had like this really weird punk band that I thought was awesome. Um, but him and his roommate, who was also weird in a different way, would every St. Patrick's Day would just sing uh, Irish songs like really loud, really drunkenly, like everywhere the whole day. It was really great. Oh, that is really great. But they're too weird. So wait, you got. You got into ceramics your junior year? Oh, we're talking about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to circle back. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, we were talking about the keen shoes. Right. That's oh, why right. That's what uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Junior year, I took a wheel throwing class and took like the intermediate one and then like independent study and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was really fun. So that's why I do, still do cups. Like a lot of ceramic people kind of learn like basic ceramic things on the wheel. Yeah. And I... Really, 
I incorporated like a little bit of like non-functional ceramics into like my sculpture work a little bit, but it really wasn't until I got to Greenwich House after college that I started to do a lot. I mean, being at Greenwich House is really great because I wasn't a good, I'm still not, but wasn't a good potter at all. I couldn't really do any very much other than like the first year kind of basic stuff. That's but, interesting but, that you bring that up really quick because you teach a lot of pottery classes. I, no, I'm great now. Yeah. <laughs> You should have seen me that first broken clay class. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's bad. Um, no, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm much better now. Yeah, actually, you are. But, but you are really my, good. My point you're an amazing is, I was at, I to was, be clear, you're an amazing. I was potter. at Greenwich House um, when I was the studio technician, and realized like all the members, the people had been going there for like 20 years, um, who had nine to five jobs, and you know, were really, really, really good. They're like still way better than I am on a lot of things. Yeah. Um, a little more boring, but I think I but saw... like so I you know, I paid attention and kind of like focused a little bit on that stuff. I still did like a lot of sculpture, but um that was like a big incentive to kind of keep doing pottery working in a pottery studio. <laughs> <laughs> oh good time. And like the most famous no. oldest <laughs> New York pottery studio. Yeah. So what do you think what do you think is your area of expertise? sculpture I guess I don't know I think I I do my best the work I'm proudest at um, combining a bunch of different ideas together uh, like physically like using ceramics and like a bunch of different components together and if it can can pull it off it um, stuff I'm really proud of like the stuff that I haven't actually f ever finished that no one's seen but those kind of like heads I've been making, they're going to have like this kind of big central sound component into them. Um, that I forgot, I decided on something, but oh yeah, it's going to be a real, there's going to be like six of them. It's going to go in the Nsika show. And there's going to be six of them. And they're all going to be in the same kind of recording of a really slowed down a version of We Are the World, that like 80s pop, oh, wow. like whatever that is. Yeah. Um, banding together for like Africa or something. Yeah. And it's really creepy. So I <laughs> thought it would work really well. Set a good mood. Do you, like when you start, because so many of your pieces have like a bunch of components working with them, or there's like a video piece that they end up being a part of, do you start with a plan for that whole? Like for the trajectory of the piece or are you just making pieces and then i think it, it's really incremental like it'll just go like find some inspiration here and find some inspiration here and read something here blah, blah. and it all kind of like jumbles around in the back of my head for a while and then as i'm kind of making stuff it all kind of uh materializes i guess yeah comes together in some way or another yeah I mean, you definitely have like, like this is like, becomes like, this is the part where we critique your work where you didn't ask us to. Um, <laughs> cool. That's what you came here for, right? Yeah. Hard so, for you. No, you might start crying. <laughs> We're like, well, I guess he's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> we really accomplished. Like every guest is like, I'm never fucking doing that yes, again. That's what your podcast is. It's just harsh. Turns Nobody's into, making like, eye contact with us at work anymore. They're all just. <laughs> Sorry, I like. Oh, burning, did I hurt the your burning feelings? bridges podcast? Well, <laughs> okay, wait. Say what you're gonna say, but then we should just like mention the lack of 
criticism in ceramics probably because of that exact stuff like nobody wants to say anything because we're all going to hang out at next year's Ansika. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, what am I going to say? Like, you know, it's, I know it's really, really hard to make work. It's like, I know that you like have to do so much and work so hard just to get a piece made. But, you know, when it's bad, it's bad. What are we going to do? Like, <laughs> going through like, it away. But my, what I was going to say is you have like your Adams per your, you have a very specific aesthetic. So I'm just wondering, like, did you always have, I mean, it's sort of like punk. There's like a thread of punk rock through it. There's like a, yeah, before I had met really... Adams, I, and it's cause it, I feel like it's the same. Like you carry that aesthetic around just as you, as you like move around the world. But I imagine that Adams played like bass in a punk band and also was sponsored by like his local board shop as a skateboarder at one point. But just didn't have the focus to take it any further. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, like, yeah. I had, like, high school Adams Purrier had, like, some part of his head shaved. <sighs> no. But he's more uh-huh. of, like, a nonchalant punk than that. Like. Oh, yeah, like a noncommittal. Yeah, or just, like... I had I had really bad dreadlocks for, like, a week. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. They were horrible. Wow. It was just glue. Wow. Were you so sublime at the time? uh what was i what was like the main inspiration now i saw this really awesome like kind of doomish metal band isis they're from they're from boston they went to like more space metal but before (laughs) it was it was amazing so they were so loud there was just this little like rec center in my in new bedford my like punk town and they it was just so loud it was like you could hear it like five blocks away and like everyone cleared out of the room except for like three people just because it was like so incredibly loud and it was amazing yeah but the, my point is the the main singer and i who i imagine is his who was like his partner at the time had like bleached white dreadlocks they're both uh. white people you know uh but it was really awesome you so were like, like i just want to be like so that. it wasn't right after that but it was like that was the main inspiration but they really came out looking like like bad like some teen who likes corn dreadlocks <laughs> in the 90s <laughs> so it didn't last very long yeah but it was funny for a minute <laughs> so i want to talk about ceramics fashion a little bit uh-huh. um because you do seem to be like somewhat at the forefront of it like my <laughs> i think we need to back up <laughs> yeah i like your overalls adams yeah, I recommend getting some. They're really nice, <laughs> very comfortable. If you're having a fat day, it really hides it, you know? Yeah, I think um, my, like, go-tos for, like, the kings and queens of style, it's Cami, Nadine Sobel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you. And I think that just means oh, yeah. that I have bad taste, but I'm not really I sure. So. I think me and... Nadine, I think all of us that you mentioned share a very similar style. Yeah. Or at least, like, because like, Nadine only wears, like, Carhartt-type pants. I think there's overlap. Like, we could all three yeah. overlap, even though we have Like, we things. teach on the same night, and we can wear stripes the same yeah. night sometimes. That's fun. Yeah, when the entire when the entire place we work at shows up in striped shirts, it gets real weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But fun. But yeah. fun. But I would love for you. I mean, I think what Gus is trying to say is, is it okay if he shows up in white overalls someday? Oh, yeah. Yeah. White would be fun. 
Wait, don't you have white overalls, or do you have just white painters? I have white like painter pants. Yeah, like double kneed ones, mm -hmm. and just no like slacks, like work slacks. <laughs> Dickies. So, I need some work, slacks. but they're like bright white. They're kind of funny. So you don't even have overalls. I black, black overalls. overalls. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah. And I got like those more traditional like railroad style striped overalls. Those are kind of cool, but they're yeah not quite they're loud <laughs> yeah they're a little much i know i was looking at pants like that and that's kind of far for me i like yeah that. yeah so i was wearing this exact outfit not yesterday when i was also wearing it but the day before when i was wearing this exact outfit and someone called me ceramic chic yeah i think gus and i also have shown up wearing the same exact outfit several i mean we're wearing times. the same things just different yeah exactly. i don't have a just totally different just curvy fun <laughs> Yeah. You'll get there. Yeah. Do you... Okay, so the first time I heard about you was like mm, during the Milwaukee and Sika. Some of my students were like... Um, I think it was Deanie Dixon came up to me and she was like, I just met this guy. He's doing this amazing project. Providence and Sika. That Providence? Yeah. Oh, it was in Milwaukee. It was Providence. So she's like, he's doing this amazing project. She was like so excited and I was like... Sounds great. And then I was like, I ran away because I was like, I can't even handle this yeah. ceramics crap. And then and then all of a sudden, when I met you, Deanie was like, that's the guy that I was at Antique. And I was like, oh my God, he's so cool. This is a terrible story, I think. But what happened was like, you are everywhere. You know everybody. Like, everyone knows you. Like, how? How do you know everyone? Get out there. Yeah. I don't know when I well when I came back to grad from grad school back to New York, I really kind of I like, you know I think we all do, but I made it a point to like go to a ton of openings, just as like you know you know see art but like the networking part. Yeah. And you know there's I don't do it as much anymore, but I really considered it like work, like it was fun, but it was definitely like I had to motivate and I didn't really want to go a lot of times. We haven't done it in a while, but you have always been pretty good at like getting me to go out and do stuff. Or like the three of us have gone to. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, do you want to do this thing? And I'm like, no, but you're making it sound so fun. Yeah. Because I, I don't, I know, I know that it's super valuable to do those things. Yeah. Is but, it to actually, is it valuable? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's when all the networking happens. That's when you get your opportunities. That's like equivalent of like. We're all talking about we want to have a hotel in like the main Inseca hotel because that's where like all, everyone hangs out with after like all the openings at night until like five in the morning. Yeah, it'll um, also be the closest and, to the bar, which is yeah, nice. right. yeah. yeah. But that's like when all the stuff goes. That's when <laughs> you know they're like, oh yeah, that was fun. We went to we all went to China together. Oh yeah, I still I'm planning to do something. Do you want to do it with me? We can go to China. Get my school to pay for it. That's like when that stuff happens. Yeah. Oh. That's why we've. You've been to China. Shit. Good to know. No, I want. I want to go I to was, Japan. I was. <laughs> How do I get? Uh, before coming to Brooklyn Clay for four years, I was like the sculpture tech at Hunter's MFA program, and that was just from a chance meeting. I didn't know the professor there is Jeff Mongren. I didn't know him at all. Um, his assistant at the time was, I mean, unbeknownst to me or him, was pregnant and wanting to get out of the dirty clay studio so i just saw her at a greenwich house opening like 
random, I don't even know what it was, opening, and she was like, we were just chatting, I hadn't seen her for a while, and then she was like, oh yeah, do you want to come work there? Oh, I think, and that right. that was just That's like awesome. working for Jeff Mongrain, and then that led to like the tech job, that was just like right place, right time kind of thing, but that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't gone to that opening. Do you introduce yourself to strangers, like, hi, I'm Adam? No. <laughs> yeah, do you talk to strangers at openings? No. I feel like every time I we're need at to opening be introduced. With you, you know, you know people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he knows everybody. Yeah, he knows I'm, everybody. You know, I know people. Just like chat with them, and sometimes it's really dumb conversation, and that's fun and fine. But sometimes it's really great too, which is also fun. Yeah. Like, let's talk about how you curate shows. Because how many shows have you curated? <sighs> Not that many, but the thing that when I first met Dini at the thing in Providence, it was. Uh, this like f it started as a fake craft collective poem with spelled F P O A F M um, F's are silent and it was like a kind of like a <laughs> social engagement art project kind of thing we were like really focused on functional ceramics but me and the the two people I was mainly working with at that time weren't were like sculptors and it didn't really fit into our like main body of work but still interested enough and, and excited enough to do other things so we developed this like tea house exchange so we gave people little cups we made full of tea in exchange for something that we thought would be of hopefully be like of equal value from them and we asked them to like give their responses it was at a clay conference so give their responses really open-ended of just how like what they thought of, like the state of clay, kind of. Oh, whoa, what um, did you get? What were the answers? And we got, unsurprisingly, a wide variety of answers. A lot of it was like pretty dumb. Like a lot of it was just like bad sex puns of mm. clay and doing it. I can't think of any on top of my head. Oh, but, too bad. Uh, <laughs> I was like, like what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I got a pen and paper, like what? I just need to write these down. I think there was one that was like ceramics is like sloppy sex or something. So we kind of That's hoped it would be better than that. Good. But so that, I mean, that wasn't a huge percentage, but there were quite a bit. And, but on the flip side, like people wrote really emotional, like real personal stories about like how they got into clay or like how clay helped them get through like a loved one's death or like stuff like that. Or some people left poetry or drew like a really cool picture. Um, stuff like that was really great. Um, and so that was at Ansika. We made like three, 400 cups or something. You, and they're they're small slipcasts. They had decals on them. You really made an impact on on my students, like that yeah, Sika. They when, they came back to class and they like started doing like bigger, wider, bigger projects. It was so exciting. It was really exciting to meet all them because it was like five of them, and Dini was the one that made like a lasting impression. But it was like five of them, and they're all like super excited. They're like the total highlight people because they like stayed and like talked for a while too and like yeah. were really excited and made us really even more excited and it was really fun I mean that's but, kind of what makes but so I kind of pulled Dini on board with that project after well after like a couple years we'd see each did other did you guys like stay in touch or what a little bit not too much just like social media and like what what kind of helped is she got into um there's there's like a weird like work exchange program at Hunter College uptown, and so I'd see her every now and then. I was working in a different building at Hunter, but I'd see her every now and then, and then eventually like 
I don't know, something, I guess, something before Brooklyn Clay happened. I guess Art Shack, actually, the other job. She was working there. Oh, I almost Um, forget that. She was teaching there, mostly, but we'd see each other. And she lived right by there, so we'd see each other. And then, so it was more like the poem thing was like social engagement for a while. And then it just kind of popped up that uh, the Brooklyn Clay tour was happening. And the this like arts little art space in Greenpoint that I've shown work at a couple times, like they were approached by the Brooklyn uh, Clay Tour people, being like, "Do you want to show stuff?" Was and, this the first year of the Brooklyn? Clay yeah, Tour? and Scott, the guy who runs it, doesn't didn't really know anyone ceramics other than me, so he asked me if I wanted to like put together some project, just for like fun. And the plate party kind of the first plate party kind of came out, um, and Dini still wasn't on board, but it kind of turned more to like thematic curation after that, and trying to like facilitate really trying to like up my game, facilitating I guess, and still have a good time, not just be total like boring administrative stuff, um, and so that was. That was fun. So yeah, now it's just been like thematic curation, I guess, or like fun themed show. Do you want to be a part of it, kind of thing? So, do you have like any advice for people like that want to curate or want to be you, basically? Yeah. I mean, do you? I'm basically like, do you have any advice for me? Because I like want to buy be... black overalls. Yeah, we got that part. Yeah. Carhartts work best. That will never happen. Yeah, <laughs> only wear gray or black or red <laughs> or white. He's just looking at what he has on and pointing to himself. And make sure you have a pentagram on your shirt. Pentagram. Have have cool friends. I think that helps. Oh, thanks, Adams. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of the guy who made the show. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Womp womp. Yeah, I don't know. Just if you have a good idea, just do it. It's a lot of hard work, but it's a lot pretty fulfilling when it works, when it doesn't crash and burn. Yeah. Which can happen too. Um, okay, this is off topic from that, but what you said you moved to New York in 2006. Yeah. Okay. Did did you feel like, um, I mean, you were at Greenwich House, so you at least like were around other people working with clay, but it's changed so much since then where like there really is a ceramic studio like every 10 feet now um, and every artist is making something with clay. Did you feel like you were like this lone craftsman wandering yeah, around? Yeah, I mean, going to school, it was really marginalized and like everyone... Everyone was, like, kind of into it, but not in the mainstream kind of way. Yeah. Like, they were like, oh, cool, you made that cup. Neat. Like, that's great. Good job. Yeah. But it was never really seen as, like, any kind of artwork. Yeah. And actually, that was probably part of why, I like, I kind of resisted the clay thing so much. Because that's kind of where I got, like, where I my, grew up in my, my art thinking. Um, it was still really kind of sidelined. Yeah. And now it's just come full circle. Do you care about, do you, at this point, like, let's talk about money a little bit. Do you care about, like, selling cups? Like, what's your no. feeling about that? I, I realized a long time ago that if I ever actually wanted to make, like, money, money from selling cups, I would have to do it full time. Um, and I never 
I, I kind of like seriously considered it at one point and tried for a couple months, but it just, it got so boring and it, I don't want to not like making cups. So I go through waves. I'll make like, you know, 10 or 20, like every few months. And that's usually enough for me. Um, yeah, do you remember when Cammy asked if we could make 20 cups for a show? I I'm mean, still kind of into that. I, yeah. can, I mean, I can make 20 cups in like an hour. Of course, it takes you like six, six or seven months. months. <laughs> so, you know what? Forget it. We're good. We don't need your dumb I'm, cups. I'm sorry. Dumb. Me, me and Cammy can sell cups. Okay, yeah. deal. We're like, we'll pay for we're our like hotel room that way. I know. We're like high-fiving. I just sold 20 cups. I made like 500 bucks. It's going to be like, what? You guys are going to be a high-five and you're like, I just sold 20 cups. I made like 60 bucks. <laughs> oh. Sorry. I Dang. I didn't mean probably, it. No, it's probably true. Well, yeah, you could just make like two cups and sell them yeah except like nobody buys them Actually, <laughs> people I'm going to sell, I'm gonna sell cups at Ensika out of my trunk and be like <laughs> park in front of the gallery yeah. <laughs> totally. you like it? I think that we actually sounds like Adam's per year <laughs> I think move. we should just do it in the space oh. no, I you think could you bring your car into the space <laughs> oh, yeah, you maybe. sit in the U-Haul the whole time oh yeah car in the space that's not bad yeah yeah or just, yeah, park the U-Haul out front and do, like, one of those U-Haul show spaces. That's cool, cups. man. Yeah. People love that stuff. Yeah, people yeah. do. Okay, let's do it. It's easy. We didn't talk about, like, Adam's dog. We didn't talk about... Uh, Adam's is a dog. Half a, half a dog. Full dog. <laughs> <laughs> but... Joint custody. It, kinda, it lives in the country, so kind of makes it not really much. Yeah. Um, um, so you but just get to is. see pictures of it. and We'll visit once in a while, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. What did you learn about Adam? Um, well, he, he committed to being poor. <laughs> he, he also committed to wanting to be poor by not wanting to sell cups. <laughs> I mean, that's like a big decision as a sliver. I feel like that's a big decision. It's like you're going to do it or you're going to not. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, you kind of draw but the line, I, I feel like. Also, I've also realized in that decision that I would never be making very much money off my cups. Like if I was even doing it full time, I would be like probably getting by, but I'd be putting in long hours every day only doing cups or yeah. like functional which, stuff. Which goes back to his um, mantra in life is just never work. Just never work. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Because you, you sell one goopy head that's like a hundred cups man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> there you go oh. oh that's how you look at it. that's how it goes <laughs> just that just those 1,000 people that need to buy a head that's all you need is 1,000 people going to happen one selling. day well do you have any other questions I don't think so Adams, do you have any questions for us? Is there anything you want to clear? Will clear you up? come back on the show sometimes and be a reoccurring oh, yeah. guest? We can talk about feldspar. Yeah. Oh right. Man, we didn't or secondary clay. How about that? That'd be you guys fun. could totally explain what that stuff is. Wait, do you want to talk about your favorite ratio of Kona F four to <laughs> Nefsi? <laughs> He's like one fourth. One, one fourth. fourth. I said it earlier. Yeah. Come on. Can you okay. tell me what story. those two things do? No. Great. I think we have our I think we have our podcast. Let me get the Val Cushing handbook out that's actually on the table. <laughs> He's gonna look it up and then we are gonna say goodbye. Yeah. 
Well, thanks a lot for coming, Adams. Thanks a lot for coming, Adams. You're the best. Thanks um, for we having really me. appreciate it. That was our interview with our good friend Adams Per Year. And you can find his work on Instagram at Adams Per Year. His website is adamsperyear.net. Sweet. And you can also find a link to his collective poem on his website. The Fs are silent. The Fs are silent. Uh, thanks for listening in. Um, thank you to Bill Thielen for the cover art and Alex Crawford for the music. Thanks. <laughs>